there, spookies, and welcome back to the Appalachian Spooky Hour podcast, or just welcome if you're new here. I'm Sam, your host. We are on season two of episode four, and this one is so weird. Like, I had read about this before, and I waffled back and forth in other seasons about including it. Um, I, I really needed to research it and learn more about it before I was willing to include it, and it was just as weird as I thought it was going to be, maybe even weirder. This this episode and the one coming up, episode three, are two of the weirdest stories out of Appalachia I think maybe I've covered and read about and learned about in these past couple of years of doing the podcast. Like, I'm not even kidding with you guys. If you're listening right now, when you're done listening, please leave me a comment either um, down below if there's a comment section where you listen, go to our Instagram, Appalachian Spooky Hour, and leave us a comment on the post for this episode. Send us an email. I don't care how you contact us, but please let me know if you think this is one of the weirder stories you have heard of on this podcast slash from Appalachia in general, because it's a weird one. So let's just dive right into it, because I can't think about this alone anymore. I need you guys to think about this, too. When we think of mummies, I'm assuming that the majority of us think of the famous Egyptian mummies, yeah? I mean, that's at least what I would immediately think of anyway, if you just brought up the topic of mummies. At least to most of us, the idea of mummies, you know, it invokes images of ancient civilizations, grand burials, and sacrifices. So what if I told you there were two mummies, as in actual mummified corpses, in Philippi, West Virginia? Just give it a moment to sink in. I mean, I know it's weird, right? I mean, it's going to get so much weirder. (laughs) In 1888, there was a farmer-slash-amateur-scientist type named Graham Hamrick. Now, thinking himself a scientist, old Graham liked to fiddle around with different ideas and experiments, and he eventually discovered a new mummification process. He'd practiced this on various vegetables and animals, but he was real eager to try it out on the real thing. Graham ventured to Weston, to what was then known as the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. Now, if you're into the paranormal slash Appalachia slash this podcast, you guys all know that we now know this place as the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. And this is where he was able to purchase not one but two female cadavers. Yes, you could apparently just go to the insane asylum in 1888 and buy corpses. Now there's a fact you know, and that you'll never be able to forget. So taking them home, Graham used his patented embalming potion to mummify these two bodies, just as he had the vegetables, some snacks, and the head of a man that he apparently kept in a jar. 
what? Like, where did he get a human head? Did he also buy that? I mean, there's so many questions here and people, I need some answers. Like, this sincerely is just blowing my mind. He also, in addition to the head, mummified a hand and a baby. An entire baby. Now, the head and the baby are long gone. Totally vanished. But the hand was owned by a woman in Charleston in the early 21st century. It's probably still floating around somewhere. In a jar or whatever. I did find out, by the way, that the baby supposedly also came from the asylum, the same as the two female cadavers. I could not, however, confirm this about the head. Or the hand. I don't know where those came from, sorry. So Graham's goal, and I'm not kidding here, was to unlock the secrets of the pharaohs. He wanted to recreate the unique methods and post-mortem preservation that the Egyptians had seemingly conquered many years before. Can we lay pause for a moment to just agree that this man was nuts? I mean, this is crazy, right? Like, this isn't normal. I mean, taxidermy's cool, that's a hobby a lot of folks have, but, like, the burning desire to mummify humans is just a little excessive. At least in, in my mind, I mean, he wasn't just satisfied with, like, cats, dogs, squirrels, raccoons. It had to be babies, humans. Alright, so Graham has these two female cadavers, and he performs his embalming on them. This man succeeded, guys. He went on to patent his preservation formula, which included water, saltpeter, and sublimed sulfur set afire. If the internet's to be believed. I can believe it because we used saltpeter for a lot of things back in those days, so that part at least sounds logical to me. His mummification process didn't just work. It worked well. The bodies were very well preserved, and until sometime in the 1960s, they were part of the Barber County Fair in West Virginia. If you were over the age of 14, you could pay to take a gander at the two mummified women inside glass-topped caskets. In 1970, which was after Graham had passed away, a man named Frank Beyer purchased the two mummies from the Hamrick family estate. Okay, a quick sidebar here. Um... But no, Graham Hamrick was not mummified after his own death. He left the potion and the instructions on how to do it behind for his assistants, but they just couldn't bring themselves to do it. They were squeamish and just not into it, so he was buried as a regular man with a plain headstone inside of Mary's Chapel Cemetery. So back to the mummies. They had quite a career, you guys. I mean, these were honestly well-preserved, well-cared-for bodies. The two were taken on a tour across Europe for several years as part of P.T. Barnum's whole charade. After their turn touring with the literal circus, they were brought back to Philippi and got lost for a few decades. They were then located in a barn and they were subsequently stored under the bed of a local citizen. 
I really am starting to feel like I'm just making this up, but I promise I'm not. This is legitimate, and that's kind of terrifying. Somebody in West Virginia, at some point in time, was sleeping with two mummified corpses under their bed. Who does that? In 1985, the town of Philippi had a massive flood, like 35 feet of water. And the mummies were super waterlogged. They were laid out on the lawn of the post office to dry. And they were then treated by a local funeral home to restore them to their former glory, I guess. Also, it should be noted that in one of the articles I read, the baby did crop up again. This person claims that the mummified baby was with the two adult mummies during the flood, but it was so badly damaged it could not be salvaged and they instead buried it in a local cemetery. I can't totally confirm that, but I hope it's true. I mean, the dead deserve their dignity and this was somebody's infant that had died. So here is an excellent quote from museum curator James Ramsey, who was at this point 82 years old, and he gave this quote in 1994. After the flood dropped, they were covered with green fungus and all kinds of corruption. A man secured some kind of mixture that would get the green mold off them and also the hairs that were growing on them. So... The mummies not only grew green fungus after they got waterlogged in the flood, they apparently also sprouted all this weird hair-like substance on them. I, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> but it was at this point that the mummies were being kept in the Barber County Historical Museum, where they were stored in the bathroom, and you could pay to see them for a whole dollar. Until there was another flood in 1994 that destroyed part of the museum. The mummy survived this flood unscathed and did not have to be laid out to dry in the sun again like beef jerky in a dehydrator. Now, the museum says that these mummies are especially unique because while Egyptians would remove the organs before they did the mummification process, Graham just left all that inside. Besides that, they have no idea what the rest of his process was. There's even an interesting legend, I guess you call it, that claims the Smithsonian Institute wanted to show off the mummies in their museum, but in exchange for this, they wanted the embalming formula. Good old Graham, though, he said no, and he took that with him to the grave, except for where he wrote it out for his assistants, who didn't do it. Did they burn after reading? I have no idea, guys. I'm just going off the research I found. No, I, I, I don't have an answer for that. You can still view these mummies in the museum in Barber County to this day. Some of the workers there even claim there's paranormal activity from time to time around the two bodies. I wish they had elaborated more on this online, but alas, all I could find was a brief mention and then this quote from someone who works at the museum. My famous statement to the people as I give them the tour and talk about it is, they're ugly, but they're ours, stated Larry. We've had people go in there and actually turn their nose up and walk out and scream. And I'm thinking, they're dead. They're not going to bother anybody. Touche, Larry. Touche. This entire thing just seems so completely unhinged to me. This guy was just allowed to buy bodies and then mummify them and nobody batted an eye. 
Now, I know things were different in 1888, and we still had grave robbing and all of that, so his acquirement was at least legitimate, but it still just seems so wrong. I have to just assume that the ladies whose bodies were sold had no family to claim them, because if they did, that would be even more horrible. Like, would you give consent for a family member to just be sold like that? To just some guy? Even worse, what if their families didn't even know? Like, I don't know. The ethics behind it just... I know that the time period was different, you guys. I know that it was different, but the fact that that was ever ethical, I mean... Maybe these women wanted their bodies donated to science and maybe Trans-Allegheny just said, hey, we can make a buck. We'll charge this guy to take them. But he wasn't a real scientist. And in the end, his use of the bodies really didn't yield anything for humanity. I don't know. I mean, I've been to museums where there are mummies. But I've never seen an actual body with my own eyes. Like, mummified body. The ones we see in museums are typically wrapped or they're in, you know, their sarcophagi. I've only seen mummified bodies in photographs. And like I said, the ones I've seen have been inside their ceremonial sarcophagus, you know, at a public view. I think that's what bothers me the most about the Philippi mummies. They were just out there on display like some bizarre sideshow. I know there's other bodies all over the world displayed in similar fashion, but it just seems kind of dirty somehow. It's also been over 130 years. When's enough enough? When do they get a proper burial? When are they just left alone? I mean, I have no answers, you know, only my own thoughts here. I just, where I'm from, and I know where mo a lot of you guys are from, um, I'm sure it's the same. But I'm from a more southern state. I'm from Appalachia. We very revere our dead. They aren't meant to be put on view for public display. You know, we, we're very reverent in how we honor them after they've died. What we do while they're dying. All these different things we do. That, you know, rituals, ceremonies that surround death. And then bury or cremate. You know, we honor our dead. So to imagine... These women, whether they had families or not, being paraded around 130 years after they died and being gawked at, just is wrong. Like, come on, West Virginia, let's, let's put these ladies to rest. They don't need to be stared at anymore. And, you know, you're never going to know what Hamrick did, what his method was. He took that with him to his grave. He got to be buried. He's not being gawked at. I mean, it kind of sounds like maybe that's what he wanted, but it didn't happen. So let's let it go. Like, let's bury these ladies. Come on. It's not a good time anymore. So, like, what do you guys think? Like, please let us know. Like, leave comments on our social media. Do you think the mummies should stay on display as part of history? Or were they the product of a man with too much time on his hands and an unchecked morbid curiosity and money to buy dead bodies. I want to know. I want to know I'm not alone in thinking this is totally insane. So that's all for this wild one, Spookies. 
I'm going to go ponder on this some more because my mind is genuinely blown. So let us know your thoughts. And until next time, don't go in the bathroom at the museum in Philippi, apparently, because you have to pay a dollar to see some mummies. And don't go outside alone after dark.